Welcome to Living Simply, a guide to mindful living and mindful parenting with your host, Dr. Gina. Hi, everybody. Welcome to the show. Hi, Allie. Hi, Ben. How you doing? I'm good. good. How are you? Sorry, um, Allie, I spoke over you. It's okay. <laughs> uh, we're still, if you listen to the last episode, we, we both still don't feel well. Um, and that is because we're recording this at the same time. Uh, <laughs> spoiler alert. Um, so uh, we're talking about discipline today. I'm excited about that. Allie, are you excited? Yes, I need some advice and tips. <laughs> I don't know that my discipline is uh, very efficient or if it works at all. <laughs> Sometimes, I think. Stepping back to the last episode, I think that you're being a little too judgmental about yourself. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> sorry. Probably a little bit. <laughs> so, uh, so, Gina, on your website, you have um, – you have sort of a, like a five-step plan uh, for this, specifically for the age. So this is going to be discipline, but today we're right now we're talking about ages zero to seven. Yeah, um, exactly. Okay, so uh, can you tell us a little bit about uh, the slideshow and everything that's on your website and your your yeah. theory? So the slideshow on my website is based on the work of uh, Kim John Payne who wrote the book Simplicity Parenting and the Soul of Discipline. So nothing in there is anything I invented, but I really resonate with the work that he does, which is also grounded into the Steiner Waldorf philosophy. So that's the approach we're going to take in this show. Um, and we're breaking it down zero to seven because that's just a big chunk. Uh, we could spend quite a few episodes on just that age group. And I also really like working with that age group because it sets the foundation for the kids' whole life. So I think that period is very, very important. So, um, and so, Allie, your son is uh, – Smack dab in the middle of that age group. Right. Am I too late? <laughs> never. Am I too late to start implementing? Because <laughs> just making you're sure. never too late. Good. So Anyways. my question, I the, I'd like to start with asking both of you because um, Ben, you're around a little kid every day. Um, what do you yeah. guys think discipline is? How do you guys define discipline? Uh, oh, I am definitely deferring to uh, mom to answer this question first. Um, I would say um, <sighs> I'm trying to think. I don't know, like how to word it in a. I don't want to say my expectations versus. <sighs> well, if you would ask someone. Help me um, to discipline my kid. What are you looking for? Some guidance to make sure we can meet in the middle, him and I, on how we interact and how we follow rules and interact together. 
to be not yelling at each other all the time. Not that we do. I'm, I don't want this to sound like my kids, like this crazy terror who like doesn't listen. We just scream at each other because that's not at all how it is. Um, I just, I question myself in, in those moments of those tantrums and those meltdowns that happen often at this age, especially. Um, I want to make sure I'm doing the right thing to help him learn and grow and develop strategies to deal with these things basically so i don't know um i don't know <laughs> so no it's it's a good starting point so most people want compliance right basically mm -hmm. that's what you want how do i get him from point a to b uh, without having meltdowns all the time, how do I get the kid to listen to me and understand? Comply? Yeah, yeah. Um, so, a big part of discipline throughout a child's lifetime—well, uh, lifetime—is zero to twenty-one because they now teenagehood lasts longer because kids stay with their parents <laughs> longer. Um, it's upsetting. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, you're going to hear me say this a lot and repeat a, a lot, regardless if it's discipline or anything else, is we need to be really grounded in our values mm. and let our values guide our choices. Because otherwise, we're just navigating in, through this life without a map worried about what other people think where am i going what does joe next door do and there are so many different ways to raise your child and the best way to be solid in how you raise your kid and how you discipline him or her is to be really clear on what your values are so a big part of discipline when i work with families regardless of the issues is prevention. So especially with the zero to seven, they're fresh out our bellies. So this world is a big, crazy and scary world in and of itself because they were comfortable in mommy's womb. It was warm and safe. And, and now there's all these things they need to learn. So we need to be clear what do I want? What kind of human being do I want this little person to become as a woman or a man? So the first, first step before you even discipline is to be the person you want your child to become. So to have a long-term vision versus short-term vision. And if you embody your values and if you embody self-discipline, if you embody the actions, uh, behaviors you want to see in your child, that's how your child's going to learn best is by imitation. Set the example. Because yeah. a big mistake people make is to talk too much. Mm. And whether it's when I work with couples or little kids, at some point people go, la, 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 la. <laughs> they don't listen anymore. So... The phrase action speaks louder than words is really true. So if you don't want 
your child to swear, scream. So I'm talking beyond the regular normal screaming. Mm-hmm. Well, we need to be self-aware. Thus, the parenting, mindfully parenting with presence is I need to watch how I manage my emotions, how I lash out, how I speak, because our children will imitate us. Mm. And often what will trigger us is they'll imitate the worst sides of us <laughs> because we don't complain about the good stuff, right? So if, if we keep that in mind, so I always work with, with families. If one of your values is, for example, respect, for a zero to seven-year-old, the word respect is a very abstract term. So we want to translate that value into behavior. So example, for many people, respect is uh, saying please and thank you, right? Um, so we'll talk about that later, but that, that's where it stems from. We need to remember they're very concrete and they understand behaviors. So we need to embody these behaviors. So if, if we simplify it now to um, wanting to get compliance. So let's say we want to use um, the example of picking up their toys. Um, and I'll use me for an example just for illustrative um, purposes. doesn't mean it's right or wrong. It's just how it was in our house. So <clears throat> I like to wake up in the morning and my house is clean and not a big old mess all over the place. So when that was grounded in our values, so we wake up and it's peaceful and calm. So before the bedtime routine, after dinner, a little bit of play, and how we started the bedtime routine was let's put the toys away. So... Every toy had its place, so the child learns the value of taking care of their toys, um, keeping the house clean. So it, it involved a bunch of values, right? So by the we started maybe when she was one and a half, two years old. So let's say the request I want to make is we want to pick up toys. So the mistake parents make often is go pick up your toys. And they repeat three, four, five times. They get upset. I asked you to pick up your toys. So the first thing you want to do as the adult is um, a request pops into your head. I'm going to ask my child to pick up their toys. So you want to ask yourself, is the time right? Um, why do I want the child to pick up their toys? Because first you got to rule out that it's just you wanting to play. Um, I'm just going to make a request because I'm the boss here and had a bad day. I want him to pick up his toys. So really to self-reflect first, why do I want to make this request? So when it's pretty clear that it's a decent request and it needs to be done, um, you want to make one request at a time and it has to be really small. But you also have to ask yourself, if my child doesn't follow through after the first request, am I ready to stop everything I'm doing to go with my child and assist 
him, so we'll use your son, and help him pick up his toys, put them in their place, um, so that he understands, I mean, business. So <clears throat> we want to minimize having to repeat because you don't want to repeat because you're going to train the child to only pay attention after the third, fourth request. Mm. So the initial pause is important for the parent because that happens within you. The child doesn't even know mm. you're doing it. So second step, the request needs to be small. Because again, we're zero to seven, right? The working memory is short. They'll forget. They can only focus on one thing at a time. So what? Ha sorry. Step. Sorry. I. Yeah. Uh, what happens if, like, because the in the example that you just gave, um, you know, saying like, okay, well, I requested it, and I'm willing to go help them pick up the toys and do it together. What happens if you go then to help pick up the toys and they still say no? So the way you want to do it, so I'll back up a bit to relate to your question, is you want to start these habits early. So the younger they are, the more you're going to have to do it with them mm. because you're teaching the habit. You don't want to, teach about putting toys away with words you want to teach it with actions and you make it fun you don't need to become an entertainer big old clown that has to do a big parade about picking up the toys but you make it pleasant right so oh your little truck goes here little truck in the box the doll goes in the little basket. Oh, let's put, let's fold the little blankets here and there. So it's a period of bonding for the child. We see it as through the eyes of an adult that it's a chore, right? So naturally it has a negative connotation, but if you do it with your child and it's a bonding moment, it just becomes another activity. It's not, we're doing the chore about, picking up toys um, little resistance usually comes the difficulty of transitions with little kids which is a total different episode right so yeah. let's assume we're doing the transition well and the child is ready for for that transition of um, from the moment of play to norm no more play it's just about teaching to put stuff away. You do it with them. So you don't do it for them. You do it together. And um, let's say we don't want to. Um, there, there'll be a, like a negative reaction. No, I don't want to do it. What you do is you want to validate what's behind the no. So let's say they would say no because they were playing and it's fun so you validate yeah i know it means it's time for bed it's hard isn't it it was fun to play so you validate the emotion so that they feel seen and heard and then it allows them to process the emotion 
you don't rush it, but it doesn't mean it's going to take four hours, right? So you validate that. I know it means the day is ending. You're a bit sad, aren't you? Or if, if they're angry, you validate the anger. And then let's put this together because now we're going to do whatever comes next. And so you don't insist verbally, you insist by your presence, by doing it with them in a pleasant manner. If you're nagging, screaming, complaining, they won't, they won't want to do it because you're not fun to be around or pleasant. So when if I they say fun to If they resist and then you just are like, no, I told you to pick up your toys, you do it. I told you to do it. I'm not going to help you. They're going to be like, well, I'm not going to do that. Like, you're not even going to help. Why should I put them away? Like, yeah. And again, we're zero to seven, right? We're not yeah. dealing with a 11 year old or 12 year old or 14. Right. So zero to seven, what we want to is to get compliance by us being solid in our request. So being authoritative so not authoritarian like a dictator like you're gonna do it because i said so right but you want to stand strong i know you don't want to do it let's do it we're gonna do it quick if and you use whatever gift you have if your gift is singing you turn it into a song if if your gift is to be goofy be goofy and use humor and that way you're teaching them compliance by being strong and not talking. And it doesn't become an unpleasant experience. The um, fun part of doing that consistently when they're little is they develop the habit of doing it, even if they don't want to do it. Right. Because you validated them that I know sometimes cleaning up is not fun, but you know what? Tomorrow morning, you're going to come in your playroom. It's going to be clean. All your toys will sleep in their own little spot. They'll be nice. And you and know where they are. <laughs> no one's yeah, lost. You, won't lose them. you don't have to search for your blue truck because you know where he is. <laughs> yeah. So you're, you're teaching all that through the value of respecting property um, so they don't have to break them and lose them. And look how fun it is. We always find our toys the next day. So obviously it's, it's not a five minute process. The value about picking up toys can be a discussion you have around the dinner table. It's, it's an example when you unload the dishwasher, come help mommy. Let's put the forks where in the home of the forks. Um, do you know why we all put the stuff in their place so we don't have to look for them? And doesn't it feel good when the house is all clean and we can find our things, we don't fight? So discipline goes beyond the moment where you're asking them to pick up a toy. It becomes a way of being with the little kids where you're constantly teaching without formally sitting down and going, I'm going to teach you now why we keep the house in order. Yeah. So you do it when you fold the laundry, come and help me. Let's fold the towels and let's put them in their little home. And, and then they understand why picking up their toys is important because you do it with your own mm -hmm. things beyond just 
the toys. And the important part is consistency, right? Yeah. The minute you're going to not be consistent, it's going to be harder to undo. Uh, so sorry about that. Can you uh, continue on with the, I, I believe we we're on step three. Well, stay close. So basically staying close means you do it with them. You don't, you're not upstairs screaming, go pick up your toys. You literally have to stand. So the authority comes from being close to them, not from ordering them around and bossing them around. It's you're standing there solid. Just your presence shows you mean business. So you don't, you don't have to bark out orders or, or make threats or negotiate or bribe them. So you don't want to bribe them because that sets you up for the teenage years where they're going to bribe you. <laughs> make your bed. I'll make, I'll make my bed if you pay me to make my bed. And, and the last step is follow through. So which links back to the pause. Am I really ready to follow through if mm. my child doesn't listen? If I'm not ready because I'm too busy, I have to make a phone call. It's better that you postpone the request because then you will lose face. You won't be taken seriously. So there's a, a consequence. You want your child to take you seriously. Yeah. So I have learned that. So it, it, yeah. <laughs> Don't say anything that I'm not willing to follow through with or do because I've said stuff before and then I'm like, oh, am I really going to do that? Like, I shouldn't have said that because now I don't want to have to do it, but like, got to do it. It works. It proves the point. It's like, hey, I'm not, I'm not messing around. This is how we act. This is how, this is what happens when you don't listen or you don't yeah. follow what you're supposed to do. And I found that to be something that I've been very conscious of lately um, and taking that moment to think before I speak because I'm not sure if I want to threaten to do something and have to do it and I'd feel awful, you know, just whatever it might be, but take that moment and make sure it's something I can go through with. Yeah. And, and what's good is like when Beatrice was little and we still have it on the wall is you can create a mini chart that lays out the routine of the, the day. So the, Usually it's a morning routine, evening routine. And I use, I made drawings instead of words. And, and then we go back, to, we would go back to that constantly. So it's not to get frustrated that we have to repeat. We have to repeat. It's, it's just part of learning. Mm. It's part of being a teacher and it's repetition. So not to expect that repeating three times is enough. It's we're creating new habits. So when, and when we go back to the chart, you know, let's say you have a little chart for the evening routine, you have a little dinner table where they're eating and then the little drawing for play and then the little drawing for picking up the toys and you can draw the chart together or, you know, cut out pictures, whatever you want he becomes involved in it and and you make it a bonding time so it's art and together you're explaining why you're doing the routine and and so when you're implementing it it makes sense yeah to, to implement the whatever you're asking them to do 
Um, what would you say is the is the biggest struggle that uh, parents have when disciplining? I think um, they think, especially at that age, they think that they have to consequence every misbehavior or every time they don't listen, that there needs to be a consequence. And actually there doesn't. There needs to be teaching. And so often the consequence or first um, reward and punishment don't teach anything. Rewards and punishment just over time just teaches kids to do things for what they get out of it versus intrinsic motivation. So that's a well-known fact that rewards punishment, they work in the short term, but it's not sustainable. Mm -hmm. Then you always have to up the ante, change the reward. It's a lot of work. So I think one of the, the biggest um, challenge is, is to trust that your child will learn even if you don't consequence them all the time. Yeah. That they can learn through uh, teaching them versus they need to be punished or consequenced for not doing it. Awesome. Um, I think that that makes a ton of sense. Allie, uh, what would you say is your biggest difficulty as a parent uh, d with discipline? I don't know that it's... Um... I find the, the issue I have personally, and it's not even just me and I'm not passing blame either, it's inconsistencies between the houses and the people he's with. He's not always with me. I am not with his father. He spends a couple days a week with him. And there are different rules and there are different things and ways he acts that my son actually separates. You, you can tell. He knows I'm here. This is what I can do here. I'm over here. I know what I can. And most of the time he knows and he knows where he is and he knows what's acceptable. But sometimes that gets a little, a little like confusing. confusing. And he is at my house and he does something that I'm like, you know that this is not acceptable here. This is not how we act. This is not, that's, that's not, not okay. And it's, the inconsistencies between the two, I think it's just, and it's hard for a three-year-old to understand that. And it's yeah. also hard to communicate so openly to be like this. It's really impossible almost to be completely consistent when you're two different people living two different separate lives, you know? Yeah. So I think that's my biggest struggle that I try to be understanding of that with my son, but at the same time to be like, well, maybe even if that's allowed over there, maybe it shouldn't be, or maybe something you're not allowed to do over there. Maybe now I'm thinking about it differently, but it's difficult to. So, so sometimes what you have to look at is when I work with the parents, I don't know if you guys know about uh, Dr. Shafali's work on conscious parenting, always come back to yourself as a parent Based on what do I want? Why do I want it? Is this about me or about the child? Mm. So once you've put aside that, okay, this, it's not about 
me wanting, because it happens when, when people are divorced or separated, there's a reason why. And I get it because I'm in that position too. So am I insisting that one thing be done one way just to not be like the other? Or no, no, this is really my values. Right. So once we're really clear, it's, it's just about my values and I'm not reacting to the other person. Yeah. Then we react to our child. So once we're there, what we have to remind ourselves is no matter where our child will be, there'll be different rules. Right. So in school, yep. there'll be different rules. In, at grandma's house, different rules. Mommy's mm -hmm. house, daddy's house. Right. So the sooner as a parent, we can accept that it's part of life that he'll be at the beginning of his hype. He'll be confused. How come I can do this at school, but I, I can't do it here and I can do it at home? I mean, even as adults, like at work, yeah. there are rules that we have to follow that we don't have to follow at home. It's just how it is. Yeah. Yeah. And, but they're learning that mm -hmm. so that they're at, at the beginning of learning that. So it's normal. They can be confused. Yeah. So then it's our job to keep repeating. Like you said, let's say he go out well, daddy's house. I can do this. That's awesome. Then do that when you're at daddy's house in mommy's house this is what we do mm. and then you re-explain the value behind it right so um and that's a good way to say I, it too because rather than saying well like no we don't do that here like yeah don't it, it, judge it, that yeah it. yeah yeah and so example um we don't do screens tv when she was very little she never really watch TV until she got sick because then she couldn't do anything else. But at her dad, she could watch more mm -hmm. screen, right? So she learned that in, in our house is just different and it's not bad because she does it at daddy's house. Right. But then we learned to balance. So um, it's okay in this house, this is what we're going to do. And this is why, we do it this way. Oh, look, we're going to do this instead. And you re-explain the behavior. Again, it's repetition versus mm -hmm. just, no, I said no, because we just don't do it here. Because it's so confusing for them. Like for us, we understand why we don't go at work in our shorts or a bikini. We don't need to be told 20 times. We just know. But for a child, certain things are not that obvious. So we just need to repeat and understand that we need to repeat because they're so little and they're learning so many things all at once that we've had years to integrate, right? They're learning to manage emotions. They're learning language. They're, their brains are learning so many things all at once. So we should understand that they're going to forget. Right. And they're, they're not masters at all these things. They're going to mess up. So when they forget, oh, you forgot, you forgot. Yeah. At mommy's house. We don't do that. Like this is why. And we put our frustrations on the shelf because it's okay to be frustrated. Right. Right. Oh, I have to repeat again. <laughs> and then <laughs> you um, get frustrated on your own with your friends. Oh, I can't believe I have to repeat this, but with your child, you, you repeat, you make it not such a big deal. Mm -hmm. And 
you validate that it's confusing, right? You're like, I know, isn't it confusing? All these rules at school, you can do this at daycare, you can't. It's so much information, isn't it? To have all at once in our heads. So you put yourself in their shoes on why they might forget, why they might be confused. Because as a parent, we take it personally, right? Why doesn't he get it? Why doesn't she get it? I keep repeating. We keep thinking it's about us, but it's not about us. Hmm. Um, so, yeah. Okay, sorry. Uh, so I wish, uh, if I just let you guys keep talking, I think that this episode would be uh, an hour long. Um, <laughs> and uh, as it is, we've already gone over what we usually do uh, by quite a bit. Um fantastic this is this has been a fantastic episode with a lot of great stuff i'm sure this is not the only time we'll be talking about discipline um and if you want to check out the uh that whole um the zero through five uh the list the whole slideshow uh check that out on uh, dr gina's website um but we got to end uh, the way that we end every episode now with uh, some moments of gratitude. And uh, I started last episode, so I'm not doing that this time. Allie. No. Okay. Um, <laughs> well, today, well, I already said what I was thankful today in the last episode, but I'm, I can find another. You should. <laughs> you should. Yeah. Um, I'm, I'm, I am thankful today for, um, I don't know, just having like today and tomorrow, I have a lot to do, but I have the days off from work that I get to spend with my son and we have things we have to do, but at least I can be pretty one-on-one with him for most of it. And I know our next week or so is going to be really crazy and busy. So I'm trying to take these two days as just nice moments together. So I'm thankful for that. Um, all right, I'll go next, uh, cause, uh, Gina should end for sure. Um, I am, uh, you know what, something that you said earlier in the episode about, um, the like imitation and, and, um, how children mirror our behaviors and stuff. I think that, um, I think that we often think about that as like when we yell and swear and stuff and they, they mimic that. But I I think that not enough attention is given to the other side of that um, when they mimic stuff that we do well. And um, I just thought about, uh, you know, I've had a lot of conversations um, with someone else about, uh, (laughs) uh, you know, sort of their role in a child's life, not as, not as the father, but someone that's just giving the mother love. And, um, you know, we, we've talked a lot about, uh, like years ago, we talked a lot about like, if that's the, if that's the best thing that you can do is just like openly love her in front of that child. And, um, today's episode made me think a lot about, how sweet he is as a little boy um, and how open he is to love and how warm and generous. And uh, it occurred to me that that is, that is mirroring an imitation um, a little bit at least. And uh, that's, that's, so I'm grateful 
for this podcast because it gives me perspective on things that I didn't look at before. That's great. Well, that's awesome. Yeah. Allie, do you know what I'm talking about by any chance? With- I sure do. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Gina, what are you grateful for? I'm grateful for this water and grateful that I actually live in a country where I shower in drinking water when most of the world doesn't even have drinking water and I get to shower in it. So I think we're pretty lucky. Yeah, that's really definitely. Um, I'm grateful for this drinking water, which I also shower in, but that's just because I'm incredibly wasteful. <laughs> um, <laughs> I'm sorry. I also, uh, to, this is a great way to end. If you're watching this on the video, um, is this toy important? Because I totally broke it during this podcast. It doesn't break. It was put together. That's fine. Okay. It's supposed to come apart. It's not, it, it's fine. Okay, cool. <laughs> all good. <laughs> awesome. Um, all right, Gina, where can people find you? Uh, drgina.ca and Dr. Gina Madrigrano on Facebook and Dr. Gina on Twitter. Awesome. All right, guys. Thank you very much. Thank you. For more information or to book an appointment with Dr. Gina, go to drmadrigrano.com or click the link in the description of this episode.